0: Rise and shine. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to Good Morning Aurora. News, weather, and really cool interviews. Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m.
1: Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning. Good early morning, Aurora. The time is 7.54 a.m., And it is the 5th of November. You are listening to Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. So we've got a great show we have with us today, Mr. John Leish. Leish. I did it right the first time. Oh, snap. (laughs) Good morning, brother. And we have Hunter in the building, too. Hunter, what up, dog? All right. So news and the weather for you guys. Let's start with the weather. Uh, The current temperature is about 55 degrees. The high today will be 70 degrees. And that'll be around 2 p.m. Yesterday was nice and windy and blowy and a good warm day. Uh, the next round and final round of the change in its two sessions is this evening, the 5th at Society 57, 100 South River Street. Uh, the session begins at 6 o'clock p.m. with the mayor, police chief Kristen Zeman and or deputy chief Keith Cross and other city officials. Um, the sessions starting on October 15th to date have been conducted with full Spanish translations. And they are on the city's website. For more information, you can go to www.auroratacil.org slash change attack. Is a dash All right, there's another senior meal distribution event taking place Monday the 9th from 11 to 1, uh, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. This will be at the Aurora Police Department. Kane County residents 60 years of age or older are eligible to enroll in that. All right, Aurora Downtown's annual Cocoa Crawl will be without the crawl this year due to COVID-19. Instead, 2020 Cocoa Crawl mugs will be sold starting This Friday, uh, along with hot cocoa recipe cards and more at select downtown businesses, visit AuroraDowntown.org. Now, a place you can get a mug and a place that's doing some really cool stuff on First Friday, which is tomorrow. Uh, is the Cottonseed Creative Exchange located at Eight North Broadway in downtown Aurora? Great place! Shout out to Yvonne; she's a Navy vet too. Uh, Cottonseed and Bezel Arts are coming together to present live music, raffles, and refreshment from five to nine p.m. There will be a lot of fun. Excuse me, there, this is going to be a lot of fun, and you can also see the photographical exhibit on display, featuring photographers such as Gary Bonick, V, uh, excuse me, Victoria Lanishek, Ivan Carmona, Amy Nelson Photography, and John Cornelison. Uh, Shout out dollar holiday photos and curated displays will be offered at a few locations on the 21st, the 28th and the 5th professional or the 5th of December Uh, professional photographers will socially distance and wear masks. Photos are first come and first served. Now I found out something interesting that I want you all to listen to. Did you know that in 1958, a group called Arta was founded? It's a, community service projects, including labor and cash donations to local food pantries. And they have a scholarship program to local high school students planning to become teachers. ARTA is an acronym that stands for Aurora Area Retired Teachers Association. Now, they're holding their second drive-through box dinner sale from 1130 a.m. to 1230 p.m. Tuesday, the 1st of December at Gaslight Manor, 2485 Church Road in Aurora. Entree options are Greek chicken, roast pork, and fettuccine alfredo. Side dishes are roasted potatoes, green beans, and dessert. The public is invited. The cost is $20. Reservations are required. Now, we'll post this with the uh, numbers and the address to send um, checks or money orders. Proceeds benefit a Coats for Kids drive by Aurora Communities and Schools CIS and Artist Scholarship Fund. CIS provides free after-school and summer programs and counseling access to help Aurora students achieve in school and life. Very cool. Aurora Interfaith Food Pantry is hosting a Veterans Pantry on the uh, 11th of November. The food pantry has seven pieces of plywood that have been primed, and they would like patriotic images painted on them. These will then be displayed throughout the uh, drive through distribution on that particular day. Now, they will supply the paint needed. You can contact Becky Dunnegan. Her email is r.dunnigan@aurorafoodpantry.org. at aurorafoodpantry.org. Our, excuse me, Dunnegan has two ends. Well, three. You know, but it's D-U-N-N-I-G-A-N, not D-U-N-I-G-A-N. She's the Community Outreach and Program Director. Shout out to the uh, Aurora Food Pantry. And now, uh, last but not least, this first Friday is going to be mostly virtual and crowd free. Small events like the Cotton Seed Exchange uh, are going to be extremely rare. Uh, Look for Sugar Skull City artwork and more. Broadway will display ofrendas or altars outside of their businesses. For more information on that, you can reach out to Aurora Downtown on Facebook or AuroraDowntown.org. And that is the news. And now we get into our interview with Mr. Lesh. Good to see you, brother. Good to see you. Thanks good. for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on to the show, my man. <laughs> Very excited. Uh, so, I've seen your face on many a placard and many of this and that all over the internet, lesh for mayor and running for. <laughs> so, good to sit down with you in person. Thanks. Um, Starting off, where are you from, and where uh, were you born and raised?
0: Okay, so I live on the east side, 710 4th Street. It's public information in my voting file and on my uh, ballot access signatures petition. All right. Uh, I'm originally from West Africa. I was born and raised in Monrovia, Liberia. Okay. My folks were missionaries over there. Uh, They moved uh, to the United States in 1986. There was a military coup happening. Right. And we lived uh, three doors down from the vice president and watched as they... opened up fire on, on that house with M16, drug the family out. And my parents thought it was a good time for us to leave. Right. So very fascinating, uh, story, but we ended up here in, in Illinois eventually. Mm -hmm. And Lutheran Bible translators was here in Aurora, uh, right next to the Aurora pancake house. And my folks live on a farm in Newark, but, uh, I made Aurora, my home in 2008. We moved around a lot as kids and, I think I was in my early 30s. I had lived in 24 places. Wow. And so when I moved into the Aurora house, I put down roots officially. I planted a big oak tree in my front yard, and I'm staying here.
1: Good. Good, yeah. man. That's good. That's, That's my good. story. That's how I got here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. 24 different places before right. the age of 30, you said? 30s 30s yeah. wow man that's a lot of yeah i was
0: also in the, the middle east i served um as a naval intelligence analyst and lived in uh, in bahrain all, all right, right. For, for
1: three years of my life that's the fifth fleet over there right? that is yeah that's right yeah. Were um you, were you in the military yeah navy okay. Okay. <laughs> i was a boatswain mate okay <laughs> um very cool very cool uh what's bahrain like hot and humid uh
0: 125 degree heat index on some days uh, it's a littoral region in the, in the Persian Gulf, just right. a small little island. So, Right. Um, now, what's your educational background? So, graduated from Newark High School. Uh, like many poor kids, um, tried going to college at Wabonzi Community College mm-hmm. and was working full-time, struggling. N- Newark is in Illinois? N- Newark High School, yep. Yeah, a little Norwegian town. On uh, 71, used to have a, a sign, 580 people. I think they're about 1,700 now.
1: I totally thought you were talking about New Jersey. Oh, yeah. No, no. New York, <laughs> going on. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. my God.
0: <laughs> Damn, I got to. You <laughs> know what? Okay. Kringla. If you've never had Kringla, it's very Norwegian culture out there. You can buy Kringla in the gas station, uh-huh. a little sugary biscuit thing. It's good.
1: Okay. All right. Man, learning. <laughs> Hunter, you know about it? Yeah, my family gets them every year for Christmas. Yes. Yeah. All right. Good morning, Aurora. All the knowledge you need this early. Uh, very cool. Um, but uh, continue. I'm sorry. Yeah. So... Uh, what, graduated from New York? Yeah. <laughs> New York, New- yeah. Uh, you know, then I, I was trying to get
0: through... I, I went to Knox College for uh, a couple semesters and couldn't afford it. Uh, moved back home, trying to pay my way through bonzi, and eventually decided to join the military... Mm-hmm. A friend of mine had said, you know, we could become Navy SEALs. I thought that was a great idea. <laughs> right. Um, so, I, <laughs> <it>. <laughs> so I did. I joined. I uh, got to serve over in the Middle East for uh, three years of my life. And uh, then that was what gave me the GI Bill. I was able to finish college at Illinois State University.
1: Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, growing up, what impact did your mom have in your life? My mother did not have
0: a high school diploma, and so she uh, met my father, and they, uh, you know, he's like, "I'm going to be a missionary." I'm sure that had to be, yeah, right. You know, <laughs> you're going to the, move over, yeah. move
1: over to the the jungle, live in the jungle, <laughs> yeah. right? <So>. yeah, look. <laughs> but I know we're in Naperville, but think about it, Liberia, huh? you know? Yeah, right,
0: right, right. Yeah. So, um, but an incredibly smart woman. Uh, she uh, taught us, homeschooled us kids, and it was kind of learn at your own pace. And um, at the same time, she was setting up a clinic in the middle of the jungle. Uh, we lived in uh Chattopal land and like 300 miles inland off the coast of Liberia. Right. And so, you know, she taught herself medicine. So here's somebody who had uh, no... High school diploma or college degree, but right. was able to read through books and um, set up a clinic. And then she was mailing back to the United States for people to send in antibiotics and right. medications. Right. Uh, but very fascinating uh, person. When they moved to Newark, she started a, a, a goat farm. You know, and taught herself genetics. Really? So, like, oh my yes God.
1: <laughs> Your was awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool person. Very um cool. and and now has this big they have a little 7 acre um organic farm out there with a few
1: animals goats mm-hmm. um so I'll ask you this question now then as a person who's spent time overseas would you agree that uh despite most things in America uh troubles what have you mm-hmm. Americans actually have it really good in regards to uh you know,
0: quality of life. Sure. I guess that depends on where you're at. I think the Europeans might have a
1: slightly better quality of life. Oh, yeah. 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 The Danes are certainly looking at us like, (laughs) Like what's going on? What is going on over there? You (laughs) don't have
0: national healthcare,
1: right? Exactly. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah. (laughs) Richest Uh, nation in the world. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've not been to Europe. So um okay. yeah, I I gotta go. I got Yeah, where go. did I you travel to while you were you were in Boatswains Mate? Uh we went to mostly South American uh countries. So we I was stationed in California. So we did the drug ops, so okay. which we call South Packs. Uh so Southern Pacific. So you go through the Panama Canal and then uh we hit ports, uh Guatemala, Ecuador, Cuba. Jamaica, still cool places. Oh man, yeah. yeah. Oh hell yeah. You gotta, absor- to- you gotta absorb a little culture along the way. I grew up in Harvey, Illinois. How the hell else was I gonna get to Panama for heaven's sakes? Panama is the best place yeah. I ever went to. It was cool. so cool. And how how many years were you in? Uh, I was shy just just shy of five years. Just shy okay. of five years. Yeah, it was a really great experience. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So like four years, eight months. Um, it was a really good experience.
0: Mine too. I, I look back. I, I wanted out.
1: I wanted to get out as fast as I could and get into college.
0: But um yeah, it was it's something I look back at and say, Well, what a cool experience I would
1: have had anywhere oh, else. Oh yeah. 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 Um it taught me a lot. It taught me a lot. It was um I was a fairly squared away individual before joining the military, but uh the military definitely the Navy put the, you know, the final screws in me like getting getting it together and learning and learning stuff Uh, but yeah it was really good I saw a lot of poor places too sure like I saw uh, like I saw like real poverty you know true I'd seen poverty before you know growing up but like I saw like actual abject poverty like the same river with which these people get water from is also where they're washing their clothes yep yep yeah that's exactly how it was in mm mhm it was, like, very, it was extremely humbling, extremely humbling. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but then went to a couple of places uh, in the States, um, but went to Hawaii and was stationed in Hawaii for a little bit. That was cool. That would have been a good duty station, I would think. Yeah, it was cool. You know, it got boring after a while because you're, you can only go so far in any direction. That's an island, you know, so that was kind of pretty expensive, but the food was great, like, everywhere. It was really cool. It was all right. You know, volcanoes are like, you're, you know, the college is around a volcano. I can't think of what college it was, but yes, yeah, so you're hanging out and you're like, oh, a volcano. You know, <laughs> it was really cool. Why did I go to
0: Illinois State? I could have gone to
1: somewhere in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so what is your opinion of the city of Aurora? You planted a tree. I remember you saying that, so you've got roots here. Um, compared to other places you've been to, what's what's unique about Aurora?
0: I felt at home here. Um, I like it. I think uh, I was looking for a a diversity to live in. Um, I love the river. I love running along the Fox River. Uh, I think that what I see in Aurora is opportunity. I think we've got an incredible opportunity here to... um, hit the national stage and do some exciting things. I mean, one of the, we haven't really got there yet, but one of the big reasons I'm running is uh, I want to see us become the green building capital of the United States. Okay. Um, and, and I think we've got all the ingredients. We've got a lot of old historic homes that are just energy wastes. Um, we've got poor people that need better jobs, and uh, we can do that, create living wage jobs in our city and uh, make everybody feel like they're part of something that across the United States and the globe and the, uh, I guess internationally now the international biggest threat to our existence is the climate crisis. And I think we could uh, start to turn the screws of change here in Aurora. Um,
1: what, um, what exists in Aurora that could make that a possibility in regards to uh, turning green and the energies?
0: Yeah, I mean, so the, the, I guess the one unique thing we have is the river... Um, that might be able to produce some hydropower. But mostly I think it's having an idea and a, and a vision and taking us in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I've been talking to people about this vision door-to-door, it's kind of like just my little uh, idea of what we can become. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to get real positive reception and people are starting to say, you're the green guy. Th- there's another guy in the race who's an attorney. And they always say, are
1: you, are you the attorney? No, no, I'm the green guy. <laughs> <laughs> um Alderman Loftshe is also uh, the other candidate. Correct. Besides, uh, besides the mayor. And when is the election for people? April 6th. April sixth. Okay. Yeah.
0: And it's been confusing for people as we go door to door, like, ah, yeah, I've already voted. I said that's great, but right. there's another election that's coming up. It's important. Here's why.
1: Uh, yeah, I've been saying for a while that uh, the uh, understanding of how elections work and when they are for. You know the city of Aurora is not well known in the city. A lot of people just believe that voting is a one and done, and you're only voting for a president. They don't know the different That's layers it. of the uh, right county government and everything like that uh, now, you were in government previously. is that correct? You were uh, on the school board correct all right okay. and, and I've run for other public offices,
0: so we talked a little bit about my military background mm-hmm. in two thousand and uh well two thousand and one when we were getting ready to go to war in Iraq. Um, I had served as a intelligence analyst in the Middle East and I knew that Iraq did not have weapons of mass destruction. Right. So we had a president telling us something that wasn't true. I know that's shocking and (laughs) that, that, that Iraq was somehow connected to the tragic events of nine 11. Right. And, uh, you know, I actually initially wanted to go back in intelligence work. I went back to talk to some friends, uh, that lived on the East coast that were still in and they had said, no, it's not, it's not bad intelligence. You, You should get involved politically. So I did. Um, I worked for a presidential candidate in 2004. Uh, my brother, uh, younger brother was in the army, okay. got orders to get called up and go to serve in Iraq. And he had asked if I move home and run against Denny Hastert. So, okay. so yeah, so I had run for Congress. And Danny um, Hastert
1: for those listening is who?
0: Uh, Denny Hastert at the time was speaker of the house, uh, right. most powerful man up for election in 2006. Right. So he had this young 30 year old, uh, Navy veteran running against the the most powerful man for Congress and it was well, very Maybe
1: guys got balls boy you know, <laughs> yeah. swinging for the fences
0: it's very exciting very exciting yeah. um uh effort that that drew national attention and it helped me build some name recognition area yeah. and and learn you know the uh, nuts and bolts of getting on the ballot and um Sort of the I call it election mechanics. A lot of people have good ideas, but they don't know how to run, and, and they purposely make it hard for people to learn how to run for, for office and to serve.
1: Is that so?
0: Well, I say it's purposeful. I've heard that. I've, no, I've heard that before. Yeah, yeah. I've heard
1: somebody say, "Yeah,
0: yeah." It's uh,
1: convoluted and twisted. For that's a that's a design, not a bug.
0: Yeah, hmm. yeah. And they have in Illinois. We have these winter elections, right? So it's harder for people to get out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, and it's harder for a grassroots candidate like myself because we have to get our word out by knocking on doors and talking right. to voters and yeah. going to events. The, the people who take money from the rich people who buy access to power at every level of government uh, can just raise a lot of money, send you a bunch of mailers, get their face on TV. Uh, but we got to work for it, and it's a, it's a lot harder in the winter time.
1: What's the experience been like for you? Uh, so you've been doing this the whole pandemic time. Right, mm-hmm. you have not for this election. You have not had the chance to canvass and get out there before COVID.
0: Not for this election,
1: right? Correct. Man, unfortunate. Yeah, unfortunate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so you're doing everything virtual, or is there some interaction with the folks?
0: No, we're we're wearing masks. Right. Um, we we all carry a little spray bottle of um, Purell <laughs> hand sanitizer, <laughs> right. and after somebody signs a petition. We spray it down with a little little sanitizer. Nice. Move to the next house. <laughs> very cool. Um, yeah, I don't, don't want to be the pandemic spreader. We're doing taking precautions. Don't want to be that. Yeah, yeah. And vote pe- for the Rona. Like. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It, it, people are. I, I wasn't sure how it would go, but they do um, open their doors. They'll stay at a distance. Yeah. They'll talk to you between the glass. So they're still very engaged. the The typical municipal voter is probably your most engaged voter because they are paying attention to what's going on in their city.
1: Hmm. I like that. That's very Mm -hmm. cool. That Mm -hmm. is very cool. Um, So now you mentioned uh, the initiatives that you'd like to see in Aurora, but I guess to ask the question, why are you running for mayor? It's a couple of things that I saw happening.
0: Um, A lot of it was even nationally. Okay. Uh, this summer, I served on the uh, Democratic National Platform Committee, and this right. is where um, a group of people all sit down. We did it virtually, and we talk about what are the important issues and what stands the Democratic Party will have it. Right. Presumably, the Republican Party has a, a similar process. Right. Um, I was a delegate for uh, Bernie Sanders on this platform committee, and I had pushed a amendment and the amendment basically says, Democrats believe we will not take fossil fuel subsidies. A little more complicated in the wording, but mm-hmm. the U.S. taxpayers give the fossil fuel industry $20 billion every year. Wow. Of course, you and I can come up with much better uses for our, our tax money mm-hmm. than, than bailing out uh, rich people who produce oil and gas and are effectively uh, killing our planet. All right. So. This amendment was stripped out without my permission, breaking the Democratic Party's rules once again. I was sort of in the national mm-hmm. media for this, uh, but the whole experience said, "Wow, if um, you know, we've got a, a climate denier as our current president and chief, yeah. and somebody yeah. who's not willing to take this basic step, and and I guess Joe Biden now is, but um, you know how." how are we going to fix this crisis? So I started looking around Aurora, and I've talked about this a lot. We've approached um, Mayor Tom Wisner back in the day about some green building initiatives. Mm -hmm. Um, It's never gained traction, uh, just talking to the the municipal layer. So that was happening, and I was thinking about what I could do. And then we also had this... um, Black Lives Matter movement that was pushing for significant reforms in city hall, right? And some of my friends were part of that effort, and they weren't getting anywhere. And right. we had gone through a similar effort in 2018. We pushed something called the One Aurora Ordinance, it basically said mm-hmm. we don't want the Aurora Police coordinating with ICE. Right. Um, you had mentioned previous government experience. I was on the East Aurora School Board. I had pushed a Safe Schools measure um, that said pretty much the same thing we Very didn't want cool. we didn't we didn't want ice in our schools and uh you know i saw this resistance and i said i'm doing it you know the, the government here is not working for the people um we can do something better right and so i talked to some friends and and not everybody was 100 percent supportive early on um yeah. but i you know i I've gotten to know a lot more new people who are very supportive people I never knew and they've stepped up and it's one, just one of the exciting things that I've been grateful about is all these people that I don't know are now jumping on board to, to embrace this vision
1: that I talked about earlier. Very cool. Very cool. Um, what's, so besides the renewable energies and, uh, besides the uh, green initiatives, what could Aurora also be doing better?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Um, if, First, let's talk about what we're doing well. Okay. Um, I, I like to give credit where people are doing things well, and I think if you look at downtown, it's coming back to life. Oh yeah, it's struggling during the pandemic, but it's one of the things that I, I think everybody in the town appreciates, mm-hmm. and I think it's something that brings us together. Right, brings the east side and the west side it together does. is our downtown. Good point. It so, does. Yes, so, it does. So, so let, I, I like to be very positive about about what is happening, and I think those are. Um, positive things. Can I put in a plug real quick? Because <laughs> oh,
1: all day. Go ahead,
0: man. <laughs> hey, it's a great day. We're in a pandemic. Uh, a lot of our small businesses are struggling. That means you can go eat on a patio. So choose an Aurora business with a patio.
1: <laughs> right, yeah, holler. Yeah. Valley door, what up? <laughs> yes, yeah, have, have lunch
0: outside. It's a great day. You should be celebrating a great day yeah, in downtown very Aurora. Very right? true. Nice.
1: <laughs> Uh, so,
0: so there's a lot of things that I think we there's room for improvement right. on. Um, you know, I, I, had mentioned the, the idea of, uh, living wage jobs, right? We're also second highest in temp agencies mm-hmm. and temp agencies are these, you know, temporary unemployment places that, uh, are known for wage theft, mm-hmm. um, Forcing people to not forcing, but the, you know, they pay. You have to pay for a ride to get to work, right? So you show up at the temp agency, and they give you a ride, and you have to pay mm-hmm. pay your way there. Work all day. They don't have uh, basic worker protections, safety in a workplace. And you know, I, I think that Aurora should not be the second largest number of temp agencies. You know, so and this is something that can be fixed from the the city chambers we don't have to approve all their permits
1: i feel you here's the thing i i used to work for a staffing agency at one point in time in my life i was a staffer uh but we didn't have a ride program though and we uh i have to say i gotta say that uh i know that there's janky stuff going on in some agencies but like the Mm. one i worked at it was squared away it was squared away oh Um, that's good yeah it was we were we were squared away that's interesting. I'm going to have to do a show on that. You just brought up something about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that that's going on for sure.
0: Uh, yeah, it's right. So, right, could we have standards? Sure. Hell yeah.
1: <clears throat> mm-hmm.
0: Better enforce those standards at the city level.
1: Yeah, it could be better. You're right. Yeah.
0: And and a lot of it is is um, s- undocumented workers don't have any worker protections, and I think there's people that are willing to take advantage of those things in the in the place of employment.
1: Oh, it happens all the time. Yeah. yeah, I worked for a very—I'm not going to mention the name of the company, but yeah, they're, <laughs> they are—they're hurt. Yeah, people are. You know. Yeah. yeah. If you get hurt on the job, and you are an undocumented worker, there yep. is no net for you whatsoever. Correct. With which to uh, friends of ours on the show, Sandra Gonzalez and Giselle Gonzalez brought up. Uh, well, the conditions in places of employment, factory, industrial, places of employment for people who are undocumented. And I've worked at a factory once upon a time in life, and yeah, it's horrible. It is. Horrible. Yeah. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine. Second
0: class in. citizens with no rights.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: It shouldn't be that way.
1: It should not. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Uh, other areas for improvement. I mean, I, I did mention the green thing. That is definitely going to be my focus. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that. There's been a lot of focus on the police department. Mm-hmm. Um, here's another plug, right? We, we we saw all the initiatives coming out of the um, demand letter sure. uh, for police reforms. Mm-hmm. We saw all of those initiatives get shelved. Uh, finally now... I'm in the race, and things seem to be moving once again. Right so yeah. now, ah. now, now, the now the city council is talking about a civilian review, review board or citizens review board. But now is the time if people are listening and they want to weigh in on this discussion. Um, we don't know the full uh, how how that CRB is going to look, but it should have subpoena power. Um, so this this body of citizens that would have oversight over our police. Should there be an incident like George Floyd, um, or here in Aurora, the Marcus Randall case, uh, the Citizens Review Board could look at all the deals, all the details of the case. They would have subpoena power. Um, They should be able to hire an attorney. They should have a budget, and their decision should be binding uh, with respect to to holding that officer accountable.
1: What's the Marcus Randall case for those who don't know?
0: Oh, so Marcus uh, Randall is a individual who was pulled over in North Aurora and had um, a background. Mm-hmm. So multiple incidents. The Aurora police knew who he was. Mm-hmm. They showed up at the scene. Um, he was not even the driver in the vehicle. They pulled him out uh, along with the other gentleman, um, arrested him for the, the resisting arrest uh, thing that so many people get called on. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, someone was recording it with a cell phone video. Mm. And um, you know, in the, in the, uh, during the arrest, that one of our police officers kicked him in the face and broke his eye socket.
1: Mm.
0: And that person got a 10-day suspension. But really, if you look at what happened afterwards, uh, this officer, uh, the, the woman who's recording, came out with her phone, mm. hit her phone to the ground, broke it, and then afterwards, they, him and three other officers went to her residence and uh, demanded that, without a warrant, demanded right. demanded that they uh, she turn over the phone. Hmm. So, um, you know, the, it's it's a it's part of the culture, I think, that cover up for each other. And like I said, I don't think Aurora is Kenosha, but um, there's room for improvement there. All
1: right, so. Being a person, I'm going to give you my thought. Being a person who's been part of an organization, mm-hmm. and the Navy is a man's organization. We'll just you know, it just is. Sure, okay? uh, it's been integrated, but that's not the discussion that we're having at the moment. It is top to bottom in terms of culture, uh, the thought process. It has for years just been a male organization, like most of the military is, like the military is. We can understand that. Obviously, police are going to cover up for each other, and and obvi- I mean, it's it's not an outlandish thought that they would do that. Would you agree? I suppose. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah not, not, not outlandish. <laughs> I. I. Uh, yeah. It's. I. You know. Yes, they're doing that. Of course, they're going to. You know one of them who is not a police officer is not going to be looked at in the same light as backing the blue, you know, or so of course Mm -hmm. those kind of things are happening in police departments. I don't want to get you on camera for that. My my bad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that case, and to your point, Aurora is not Kenosha. Um, Aurora has not had that history, but our police department, I feel can be doing better. Mm -hmm. I do feel that, given the pandemic and the incidents of, I think it was May, 31st, May thirty first when it happened here. 1, yeah. yeah, I do think that our mayor has governed effectively. Would you agree?
0: Oh, there's a lot of things. I so let's look at how the. The budget is spent. Okay. So let me just say again. I want to compliment where good things have sure. happened. Oh I yeah. talked about oh, yeah. downtown, yeah. and I do talk about positively about how the police responded um, to the the mass shooting that we had here. Um, I want to say it was the year before uh, my the the kid who lost his life. Um, you know, it was his first day on the job. was yeah. actually, friends with my my two nephews and lived on my brother's couch over the summer. Oh wow. Yeah, so um you know and and I think about that had the police not responded how many other families would have been destroyed um from a a shooter in a, at the Henry Pratt shootings what I'm talking about. I know, yeah. 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 So I think that they did do a good job in that regard. Um you know that that was the police so but that's responding to a crisis. I think mm-hmm. we handled the pandemic a little better than um some cities for sure, right? Uh, oh, definitely. I think that uh, some of the positive things that the they've done is you know block off places for our businesses to have curbside pickup mm-hmm. um, should have been done immediately. You know, say how do we stabilize our our businesses and the people that um, have invested in our community in that way. Uh, but anyway, no, I think there's definitely room for improvement for, from the budget. If you look at how the budget is spent, it's a reflection of. Who we're giving money to, and how we're appropriating it, and what our priorities are, and I think what we've seen is a lot of uh, bailouts. So, for example, the ten million dollars that they spent buying up the property there at Farnsworth—I um, don't think the taxpayers should have been on the hook for that.
1: What property? Uh,
0: at the Farnsworth interchange, or some hotels and um, oh, restaurants, right? By so, the uh, outlet mall, correct? Okay. Yep, yep. yep. The the I eighty eight in Farnsworth. Yes. The, yeah. Interchange All right. up there. Okay. I'm yeah, and right I don't think that the taxpayers should be on the hook for that. You um, know, again, it, we talked about the twenty billion dollars that we subsidize fossil fuels for. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, but I, so anyway, there's there's room for improvement. But it's I'm not running against any set of ideas. Uh, I'm running largely because I want to see us become a green city, and I see the opportunity there to uh, create good-paying jobs, save the planet. Um, and create a long-term sustainable economy that works for everybody here in the city of Aurora.
1: What does America mean to you?
0: Opportunity. And I think that's it. I would put it in in one word is opportunity. I wish we could say equality and opportunity, but I
1: can't. I don't think we can say that. No. Right. That's interesting. Uh, you were at the women's march. I was in Oswego. Nope, in Aurora. Was it Aurora? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We had one. We
0: had one here in Aurora. Uh, Jen Perkins organized this part of a National Day of Action, and she okay. organized little events up and down um, Randall Road. Okay, and, and we All signed right. up to to coordinate one here in Aurora. What was that like? It Was good. I mean, I've been to some some bigger women's marches, but because of the pandemic, this was a little bit more spread out, and yep. everything is so different during the pandemic uh but it was good to see people out there um having their voices heard and uh risking exposure to the uh to to the coronavirus so right yeah and there was a lot of enthusiastic support from people uh who were driving by and honking so I, yeah i don't uh i've been to a lot of protests in my life <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the smaller ones but that's what you get in a pandemic i yeah. guess yeah <laughs> But still good to see that people are willing to get out there, uh, mask up, and, and go out there and hold their sign. Now, where were
1: you on uh,
0: May 31st? Um, I was downtown that night. I, I'll give you my May 31st recap. We had the um, dog and pony show at the um, police station, right? Right, right. <laughs> and then people marched to the outlet mall, and I was right. out doing some chores, and I saw I want to talk about the highlight of that day to me, as they were people were marching down um, Indian Trail. Right. It was such a great vibe. You saw people who had taken over their streets, mm-hmm. felt empowered. This is our day. Yeah. These are our streets. We're taking it back. Right. It was right. very exciting to be part of it. That was sort of what I would describe as a midday. At later that evening, I was uh, I'd gone out. Uh, for a run along the Fox River, along the trail, and people started texting me, man. Hey, are you okay? Things are blowing up downtown. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, yeah. so I did. I, I came downtown. Uh, by then, you know, the the police had their riot gear and had uh, blocked off all the streets. Mm-hmm. Uh, the state police were coming in, and all the the surrounding the police from surrounding areas were showing up. Saw a car blow up. by Facebook Live did it. All I was, um, yeah. pretty interesting. Eventually, the police pushed me back. Um, you know, I I got to talk to several people that were coming out. It was becoming too much for them. This isn't what they signed up for, right? You know, but I was not in the heart of it, so I didn't I didn't get to see it. Where were you?
1: Uh, that day I was I lived downtown at that time. Okay. Um, but where I lived was kind of I used to live on New York Street. Okay. Um. I was away kind of like by New York and river. So I wasn't near the intersection of like Broadway and Galena, pretty much where everything was happening at. But, uh, i worked for a business on LaSalle street. Okay. The owner of the business, we were closed. The owner of business was like, Hey, I hear that things are getting kind of hairy, you know? Mm-hmm, so I was mm-hmm. like, okay, so I had my son with me and, uh, we didn't go down New York towards the hubbub. We went to down river to Benton And took Benton all the way up, crossed over Broadway, went up to LaSalle Street, went around everything. There was tear gas going off. You know, we could smell the tear gas and get a little whiff of it even as far away as we were. But we saw all the stuff going on. I saw the uh, Elgin Cruiser before it was engulfed in flames. Okay, it was an Elgin vehicle. It was an Elgin vehicle, yeah. I took a picture of it. Really? Yeah, it was cool. And then something told me, I was like, I should get the hell away from this thing. Because huh. it was sitting by itself in an, in just an, in that lot, in the lot that's across from where La Quinta is. Yeah. It was an Elgin vehicle by itself alone in that lot. Why did it blow up? It. Well, it didn't blow up, actually. Uh, uh, a crowd of people broke the windows and threw something in there. Which caught the vehicle on fire. That's what okay. happened to it. It didn't blow up. But I was thinking to myself, like, I'm gonna get the hell away from this. It was just sitting there by itself and something told me like, huh. what if this is like what if this vehicle's here fully mic'd up and audioed up, right? And videoed up okay. to like see what humans are around. They caught the person who did it. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where I was. And I got some video footage of that night. It was crazy. It was insane.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you can't you were kinda like I you just came down and check it out and see what was going on, but
1: Yeah, I went to go see the store. The store got vandalized, but it didn't get looted. Yeah. Yeah. It was quite quite unfortunate. It was
0: also nice to see what happened the next day. People coming out and cleaning. That was up. beautiful. And and um the murals downtown that were painted, I think,
1: captured who we are as a city. Yeah, it did. I liked that mm-hmm. really. I got text the next morning, like, yo, come on down everybody's cleaning up and doing art i was like what like okay and so went down there and sure enough you know and i got to take part in a couple murals down there on the bank building at broadway and galena okay the nina simone mural shout out to Aurora public art the whole <laughs> you know josh schultz everybody everybody was out there doing stuff fix fisk, fisk garcia uli everybody was out there we were getting down getting busy chicano Getting busy right there on the corner. It was great. So, yeah. So
0: I did not uh, participate in the cleanup. I'll tell you why is um, when, when I said uh, Aurora APD is not uh, Kenosha, it's also not Joliet. No. The mayor of Joliet, <laughs> the mayor of Joliet on the night of the 31st mm-hmm. had uh, grabbed this African American gentleman and uh, told him to go the other way, uh-huh. and then you know he was dressed in plain clothes he's a former police officer uh-huh. with uh with a, several um, scars on his record and suspensions mm-hmm. and through this the guy kid, the mayor was the mayor was okay, a former yeah. police officer right okay. anyway he's down there and he throws this kid into a whole group of police and just start pounding on him uh-huh. his brother jumps in and they, and they just beat these two kids up uh-huh. so. The days after the thirty first, I was actually over in Joliet, organizing more events, demanding that their mayor resign. Right, it's yeah. <laughs> so, the mayor of Joliet, uh, Oda Kirk. Is his name? Oda Kirk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and and I've been a community activist and organizer throughout the Fox Valley, but I know a lot of people in Joliet. And nice. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I jumped in uh, over there instead of instead of worrying about our own town.
1: Right. Well, no, that's an egregious case. Yes. Yep. Saw a lot of ugliness uh, in America, you know, recently and uh, this year. Yeah. You know, very unfortunate. Um, What I like about Aurora is the diversity. It's Mm -hmm. got a, uh, you know, strong culture is represented in Aurora. Uh, Aurora's a big town, second largest city in Illinois, although it doesn't feel like that um, sometimes. But you mentioned when we started talking, bringing uh aurora to a national perspective Mm -hmm. uh talk a little more about that what do you mean
0: so i i say i want us to become the greenest city right so we're already behind because uh burlington vermont is 100 renewable power okay so first off if burlington vermont can do it so can we right right? (laughs) right, and again it comes back to how are we going to appropriate our resources so what I'm saying is, if we create a department of sustainability, um, and and here's how we do it because we have a um, uh, what are the, the Department of Neighborhood Standards? Right. It's roughly seventy some people that drive around the city and make sure that your grass is uh, not too high, make sure that you put your garbage cans away after mm-hmm. <laughs> after garbage collection, right. make sure your fence isn't sagging, looking for all these infractions. They write small. Uh, tickets, right? So, it's a very uh, proactive organi- uh, department. Doesn't need to be proactive; it can be reactive. If your neighbor's grass is high, you can call them, and, and they'll come out and do their thing. Uh, but so, we're going to downsize the Department of Neighborhood Standards. We're going to create a Department of Sustainability. Okay. Now, these people are going to uh, come on call and um, diagnose your house, um, look for ways to help you find incentives, financial incentives from ComEd, from NICOR, from our utilities, from the state. Uh, hopefully, we have a new president from the federal government. Because mm-hmm. uh, in the past, there's been a lot of federal incentives there right? Uh, to make your house more energy efficient. And, and we're going to throw on top of that um, property tax incentives uh, for you to go in that direction. So we talked about the $10 million and how we can better use that money. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to invest it in people's homes. And what this is going to do is create a lot of uh, new jobs, uh, light construction jobs that can't be offshored and outsourced.
1: Okay.
0: Um, there's going to be some uh, light manufacturing jobs for window companies, door companies that we want to see open up their doors here and Aurora and be successful and create a market for those people. I like that. Um, and, you know, there's some things we can do with the river. Like I talked about, some low-impact um, water turbines that generate free power year-round. So. Pump that into our our public buildings, the downtown area, mm-hmm. um, have clean, affordable power. How, just a few ideas. I mean, I, I could go into it. I've been told, don't don't get in the weeds. Don't go all geek on <laughs> there. So I I am a geek. I am I'm a.
1: <laughs>
0: it's all good, bro. It's all,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, all
0: we're all kind of geeky. I've around got here. I've <laughs> got this uh this this uh <laughs> I, I I bought this house. I say the house found me. I didn't find the house. Right. Just, it's a hundred. <laughs> It's a 116-year-old house, mm-hmm. and it, it needed a lot of improvements. And so I've made it about 80% more energy efficient than what it was when I bought it. Okay. And it's cool, and, and I love trying new techniques, something I saw on YouTube. Um, I got my certification from the Building Performance Institute. And, you know, I just think there's so much room for improvement for everybody. Um, a, lot of, a lot of houses in Aurora that could be saving a lot of energy.
1: Um, how will you address homelessness in Aurora?
0: Good question. Um, I'm going to back just a little bit. I think one of the things that's missing that we could do better is try and bring more of the people who live in Aurora's ideas to life. I met a fascinating uh, young woman while I was on the campaign who comes to me and she's got this huge binder. Mm. She's thought it all through. (laughs) And it's a great idea. Um, One of the problems with the pandemic is that uh, Hesed House everybody's congested. It's a little hot spot for COVID. Right? Uh, she said, why don't we build tiny homes? Now I was thinking, well, that fits perfectly into what I'm already talking about. It does. Right? We can build these little tiny homes um, so people are living independently. We don't know what the economic impact of this uh, pandemic recession is going to be like, but let's assume things go bad like they were in 2008, 2009, mm-hmm. where families were losing their... Uh, Houses and needed a place to stay. And there was a lot of families down at Hesed. Right. We need to, you know, if we could give those people build little tiny homes, you can do it not just for in a for profit way, but uh, through a nonprofit that uh, invites people to come and volunteer and help us make them energy efficient because that's what I'm about. Right. And I think even you you find a way to give those people uh, a chance to own that house. Right. So it's like a, it's like a pay to own because I think there's there's a, a little more dignity in owning something. And sure. I think that it might be part of the mental healing that goes along with um, whatever has happened to that person that, that's put them out on the streets. I agree. So I, agree. So I hope that's not too in the weeds. I, I don't have her binder in front of me, but the idea was very appealing to me. As something we could be doing, and, and quite frankly, we should be using the CARES money to do it.
1: Um, <clears throat> what does City Hall look like under a Leish administration?
0: Uh, I've been saying day one, uh, so the night we swear in, I'd like on the agenda uh, something that says that I'm going to take 25% pay cut. The Current City Council just gave the mayor a pay raise. I don't think that, it's not just during a pandemic. I think that we have a city manager. Um, I think there's a job of public service, Mm -hmm. and um, I I don't need an excess amount of money to do this. I want uh, to to change the culture so everybody who works for the city knows they work for the taxpayers, and so that we're all public servants. Um, Let's just look at the first six months. I think we have a big community-wide agenda-setting idea. I'm laying out my ideas for our city on a campaign trail. If I win, that means that people embrace that larger goal that we have. Um, but that doesn't mean I have all the answers to all the problems. And because I'm passionate about this little corner, there's other places and things people want. And I've been listening as, I, as I've been campaigning door to door. But we have a citywide agenda setting meeting. So it's all the elected officials are invited. You know, the, We'll make it a city meeting. So Open Meetings Act, all the aldermen, sure. all the women will be there. And uh, we lay out our agenda. When I was on the school board, this would have been one of the best first moves for us to all be on the same page. And then what you do from there is you align your budget to meet those goals and agendas that belong to the community. So it's a government for the people. Uh, and and they've all had a voice in it, not just through the electoral process, uh, but a voice for um,
1: that their voices actually at the table when we were setting that agenda for our city. The time is now 8.46 a.m., and you're listening to Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast, and we are joined by Mr. John Leish. Yeah, I said it right, right. Yep. All that's
0: right, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's German. I, people ask me all the time how to pronounce it. The, the Americanized version is just lash, but Lash is the correct Leish, German Lash, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
1: yeah. Um, I always try to get people's names right. You know, yeah. there's not. You know, I
0: hate getting. It, I hate getting people's names. There's right. nothing worse than not going up to a door, big long last name, you can't pronounce yeah. it. Is <laughs> Joe Home? Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. yeah. Oh my God. Um, and my parents were linguists. <laughs> oh, they were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, That's yeah. A, um, what was it? So your parents were missionaries. Now, right, right. Um, so they were in. They went to different countries, or were th- all their activities in Liberia?
0: All in Liberia. Okay. My father was translating uh, the Bible into the uh, Grebo language. Okay, that was his
1: project. All right, gotcha, gotcha. Um, wow. What's your earliest memories? well probably playing with all the kids
0: and played marbles made our own toys out of bamboo uh we went fishing every day yeah really oh yeah <laughs> yep take a machete go in the, go in the jungle uh, dig up some some worms and uh and go fishing really yeah it was a great childhood you you mentioned that that, that you know we see poverty I don't look at it that way. I mean, we're not now that you live in America, sure. you can look back at it and say, "Sure," but yes. uh, no, there's, there's a lot of
1: freedom uh, to run around and. I, and you know what? Uh, thank you for correcting me on that statement because that's not what I was insinuating at all. So I, you know, for the listeners too, yeah, I wasn't. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are. You are right. Um, I was looking at it from just the the American view, but yeah. Sure. Uh, I've never been to the library. I'd like to go. You know, I, 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 it looks beautiful from what I see. Yeah. It looks like a beautiful place. Uh, but that was, was that trouble during the, that was the Charles Taylor.
0: Charles, yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. Charles Taylor incident? took over the, um, shortly after we left. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. I got you. you know, and back in, um, 2005, when, um, I was looking at running, my, my dad had said, hey, you know, Liberia is having their elections and uh, you could volunteer through the church and go be an election monitor. Mm-hmm. So I weighed briefly, you know, run against any Hastert or go to Liberia and see that they have <laughs> free and fair elections. Ellen Johnson won. Uh, they had the first uh, female president. Oh, wow. And they didn't need me. She <laughs> got there without <laughs> me. <laughs> so.
1: I need to hang out with you more often. Yeah. <laughs> Liberia? Or That's we... right. <laughs> nice. Um... So let me see here. What do you, what's on, what's next? What's com what's upcoming
0: on the campaign? Um, you know, so we file our petitions in November. Okay. A, a campaign life is the, the best part of it is meeting people. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of events right now, so it's a lot of door to door and getting to know people. And then, you know, I try and if somebody wants to get to know me better, I'll go have coffee at one of, uh, you know, Enduro or Treadwell and somewhere. Right. Um, or take a walk, walk along the river and stay six feet apart. are you doing over there? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's so strange. But there's not, a, there hasn't been a lot of events, but we file our petitions in mid November. Yeah. We'll find out if, who all is running uh, and who all files. There's other offices that are happening right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm trying to push patronizing Aurora businesses right now that are struggling during the uh, pandemic. Um, so many people have made an investment in our city, and we want to make sure that they are successful. So,
1: Something I like about you that's different about you, um, and going back to our conversation that we had initially on the phone, mm-hmm. and even up to today, that you just talk about what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You don't diss. Mm-hmm. I like okay. that. You just talk about what you want to do. Even our conversation on the phone, you never say, it could be bad, it could be no, nah, you just talk about what you want to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I, I, I try to differentiate too. So I'll, uh, you know, throughout the campaign, I'm going to try and stay positive. I've said that. I think I want yeah. to sell my ideas, uh, to the to the public and lead. I think there's, in in politics, there's this idea that we meet people where they're at, um, or do we lead people where they need to be? And I'm one of those people. who Says we're gonna I'm gonna lead where we need to be. This is where we need to go. We've got a crisis. We've got to do something. Um, and it's just an incredible opportunity for for our city. So that's what this campaign is is about: is selling a new vision for Aurora. If you look at it, um, we were a manufacturing town, right? Mm-hmm. So I think we were talking about just this building was some sort of some sort of manufacturing industry. Yeah. All right, and and NAFTA Dead changed bodies and shoes and shit. <laughs> <laughs> so it, that's gone away. Uh, NAFTA allowed companies to move overseas, make more money for Wall Street. Right. So what, what the people that have sat in the council chambers have done a good job is trying to bring our city back. Um, and we've become largely an entertainment district. Mm-hmm. And, but I want to bring some of those green collar jobs back. So I'm talking about a 20-year vision about where we can go, bring everybody in and, and make everybody part of it. And the, the, today's golf, uh, Guy Fox stated. Do you know who Guy Fox is? Yes, I do. <laughs> okay, right, you've, you've seen V for Vendetta. Yes. Okay.
1: <laughs> That's my joint. That's a good. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah.
0: Well, they good have movie. this. Yeah, they have this. Um, this, uh, throughout the movie, of course, that it's important that the idea lives on, right? That there's this perpetual thing, and the idea moves on. So, I'm pushing an idea, uh, that we can have a government and economy that works for everybody because it doesn't now. So. That's true, right? We've got you mentioned homelessness. We've got homeless people here. We've got poverty. Um, Twelve percent poverty is not acceptable. It shouldn't be acceptable for any leader that represents this area, state, federal. It should not be acceptable. We should all be working to end that. And 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 we have huge income inequality, and and it can't all be fixed from the the city council chambers. But I think that we can do a lot. We're going to do a lot. And um and and I think that this affects people who are not in poverty because I talk about it when I'm on the, on the West side of town too. And they say, that's good. Yeah, we need to do something about that. I talk about living wage jobs. They say, we need to do that. All right. and, and also talk about style, right? Um, it, it, on one hand, I'm saying, Hey, we need to protect the businesses that have made an investment in our city. Um, but then I'm saying living wage jobs and that might scare some business owners, right? right? Having to pay their workers better. But I think there's a way to do it together and, and it's all through dialogue and finding ways to do it. Um, but you know, we, and we want those businesses who want to move in that direction. So I was, I was over at Enduro the other day and during the pandemic, what he did is he said, uh, his employees are not going to make as much money in tips. He's going to raise their uh, base pay
1: from $6 an hour to 10. Right.
0: That's the right thing to do.
1: It is the right thing to do. So that's we
0: that's what we want. Setting up shop here in Aurora.
1: That's what you yeah, exactly right. Shout out to Indira on the staff. Yep, Good stuff. Um, I want to ask you a little bit more about naval intelligence. Sure. Let's uh, talk about <laughs> that. Wait, um, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your job? No. Go ahead. We can talk. We can talk about intelligence. Oh, uh, sure. life of a bosun mate. Oh my god. Um, so. Now, when you, your entire time was in Naval Intelligence, what's it like for people who don't know anything about it? What was, you know, what's, what's what was a daily, you know, what's your Monday
0: like? You're basically a reporter uh, with a security clearance reading information that other people don't have access to. Right. So you're trying to piece together what's going on here, and then you write a, a report and back then in the, in the 90s, right, PowerPoint was huge, right? So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yes, yes, write a one-page report about what happened. But, you know, look, I just want to look at the pretty pictures. right? So, yeah. so that was it. We, we uh, produced um, intelligence briefs for military leadership. Right. We produced um, intelligence reports. And I was part of a crisis response team. Very cool experience. Most people, it was a one-year billet, but I got to stay there all three years. So by the end of the second year, I had more experience than most people there. Right. And, um, you know, we got called up when the, the Kenya and Tanzania bombings happened. Right. Uh, I got to travel a little bit to Egypt. Uh,
1: Ninety-eight Eight.
0: was the Kenya and Tanzania bombings. Okay. Ninety-six was Kobar Towers. Right. Yep. And then uh, I had... Uh, tore my ACL while I was in. I would actually medevac out of the Middle East and in Bethesda Naval Hospital when the USS Cole was hit by um, a small a small boat loaded with right. explosives. Yep. So I was I was literally a, and that was in. Yemen. I missed it by four. I missed it by yeah. four or five days. Oh my gosh! And and the cool part was, I mean, you know, we had looked at this. What we called the the small boat threat um, was a project that I had worked on quite a bit there because we right. saw people training uh, to do this and and then they did it. Yeah. So.
1: Yep, the USS Cole. Yeah. Um, what experience, or uh, you know, what skills did you learn that you would bring to the table as mayor uh, from the military?
0: Mm. Leadership. I I never uh, hesitated to uh, take hold of something and say, "I'm going to lead with this." Right. And often, you know, I was a petty officer second class. By the time I got out, uh, I would I would assume. A higher leadership role then people yeah. had to remind me where I was at right yeah. and my political career's been like that too right the first thing i did was take on denny haster and everybody's like hey do you think you should start
1: at city council or county <laughs> yeah. board maybe
0: start on down low second
1: class e5 yeah yep.
0: yeah e5 yeah. yeah
1: the e5 that swung for the trees boy Yeah, yeah. I didn't let anything stop him
0: no i'm not afraid to i'm not afraid to lead if i see where i want to go i go there and 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 try and take people with That's me right. so I think what i found in in politics and in the military is you, you stick your flag in the ground and people that agree with you are going to rally around you. So that, and, and that's what we're seeing happen in this race. It's been very exciting to to see people who I've never met get excited about it and bring their ideas uh, to the table about what we can do. And I think if we, do that and bring it just it, it all comes to life and it does. And, and the idea of a, a living government is exciting. I like that. Hey, let me roll out another idea. Go not, ahead, brother. Not my idea, right? <laughs> <laughs> not my idea. This, this idea of of, of um, police oversight is that the citizens have some right. some say in it, right? Okay. Right. So this other guy writes me the other day and says, What do, what do you think of um, allocating our budget a little bit where we actually have a say in the in the budgeting process. And I said, well, yeah, sure. I mean, the agenda process and the budgeting process. It says, "No, how about direct uh democracy? Like think about your uh, so I'm thinking about how to do this at city level, but think about if on your federal taxes when you file your taxes, you could say, you could bubble in, I want it to go I want my money to go here. That'd be awesome." Wouldn't it? It would be. Because we probably have a smaller military and a hell of an education system. Yeah. Cuz I be think awesome. what people care about is Making sure their kids have great opportunities. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so so I want to play with that idea a little bit with the the alderman funds. Maybe put a little more money in each ward that we allow direct democracy. Mm-hmm. Maybe have a community meeting and people can vote on how they're going to spend X number of dollars. I like that. But yeah, I, I like to pilot program things and see how they go. So yeah. that's that's <laughs> an idea. Does not belong to me. Not taking credit for it. But I think let's try it. Why not?
1: Yeah. Well, listening to people is is uh, is is key. So yeah, that's good. Shows that you listen to folks. Uh, the lady with the binder about the tiny homes, was her name Jeanette? No. No? Okay.
0: Uh, Marie Huerta.
1: Okay. Um, the uh, tiny homes idea is a great, great project. Great yep. project. I'd like to see that happen.
0: I'd like a tiny home. Yep. I, I couldn't have it. I, I have too much stuff. I'm a carpenter and I've got a whole garage full of tools. I got a four car garage. It's filled with tools and used building material. I can't throw anything out. I was like, "Oh, you know what? I, c- I could
1: use this somewhere, and it, and it works out well, a lot too." Right? Mm, I'm gonna keep that. <laughs> yeah. um, the show ends on a positive note. What is your message today for the people of Aurora on Thursday?
0: Uh, we're doing great, um, and and I think we can be even better. So, uh, I I there's I, I so much room for improvement. But we have a lot to work with, a lot to work with. And I love it here. I'm here to stay, and I'm here to make Aurora an uh, exciting new place where people want to move to and be part of what we're doing. So that's what I'm looking forward to.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, Welcoming city. Can I say it? Welcoming city. <laughs> that's no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we started. We start where everybody's welcome, and we, we want them to be feel like they're part of this. Yeah. So feel part of what's
1: happening. Welcome, successful, and green, right? Sir. That's all right. good. Nice. Yeah.
0: Yep. <laughs> and, and let's bring throw the word equality in there somewhere. <laughs> right, yeah. Equality. Yeah. It's all in there.
1: It's all in there. Um, so the this is a great interview. I really enjoy speaking to you. Really you. did. Um the time is now eight fifty eight PM. And uh you or AM, AM, excuse me. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> all right. I've been all day, y'all. Uh Marathon Podcasting. Anyway, uh the Second Largest City's First Daily News Podcast I was glad to have you on the show today, sir. Um, for all the listeners out there, we thank you guys. We appreciate all of your support. And appreciate all of our fans, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And other than that, we are out. Cool. Go for John, right?
0: Yeah, oh, if people want to find out more, johnforaurora.com. Yep, John for Aurora.com. sure. I'm sure my campaign manager told me to mention things that I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you bombed, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god.
1: And uh that's it. Peace. 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 Thanks for having me on. No Uh, doubt, man. Great show. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it, my man.